0: This week on Heads and Tails, we interviewed Dr. Mike Tadelbaum, who's a doctor of chiropractic, who also has a diplomate in chiropractic neurology. In this episode, Dr. Mike teaches us how board-certified chiropractic neurologists can alleviate post-concussion symptoms and improve athletic performance. Before we get into the interview, I just want to thank everyone who contributed to the GoFundMe we started for Chianti Story, whose interview is in episode 13 of the Heads and Tails podcast. We already have over $1,000 raised and we're we're so we're shooting for five thousand. So if you haven't uh, contributed yet and you would like to, you could find the link to Chianti's GoFundMe at HeadsAndTails.org backslash Chianti. That's K-I-O-N-T-E. Any contribution is greatly appreciated. And you could do away with your your peppermint mocha latte from Starbucks for one day and put that five dollars towards the fund, and we could hopefully get him a trainer sooner, sooner than later so he can start his training towards the, the 2016 International Paralympic Games. Lastly if you haven't done so yet, please follow us on Instagram at Heads and Tails, that's head is in your head, the letter N, and then Tails spelled T-A-L-E-S and on Twitter at Heads and Tails Pod, P-O-D, and on Facebook, give us, a, give us a like over there but most importantly, subscribe on iTunes and give us a 5 star review so we can spread our message further and further each week I hope you guys are ready for Dr. Mike Tadelbaum to blow your mind. This is Kevin Som, and you're listening to the Heads and Tails Podcast. We share stories of perseverance and inspiration in sports and in life. All right, so thanks for tuning in to episode 14 of the Heads and Tails Podcast. I'm here with Dr. Mike Taitelbaum. Uh He's a Doctor of Chiropractic, and he also is spe- he also has a specialization in um, neurologic chiropractic, right?
1: I, chiropractic neurology. Yeah. All right. I kind
0: of I, I messed that one up. I could okay. go back and edit that. <laughs> all right. So, can you just say it, what your title is, just so when I come back and I say it the so, right way? I'll, so it's
1: uh, Doctor of Chiropractic with a diploma in Chiropractic Neurology. Okay. Or functional neurology, also. Okay. It's
0: called. All right, so Mike went to Rutgers University. He studied exercise science when he was there. I also went to Rutgers and I was curious what you thought about the Rutgers football team after this season just cuz you were there in the, in the height of the the Rutgers football yeah. um success, I guess when uh, Ray Rice was there and Brian yeah. Leonard, so
1: Yeah, I was there in 2006 rushing the field when they beat Louisville. You were Bonk. on the field? I was on the field. Pandemonium in mm-hmm. Piscataway. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great night. Uh, I mean, nowadays it looks like they definitely need new leadership, and that's what they're getting there. So that's good. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Um, recently
0: a new – well, didn't hire a new coach yet, but they hired a new athletic director.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: So, yeah, I I actually worked there for four years when I was a student there, and then last year just as
1: an assistant equipment manager. So it looks like they got to get – more discipline there and just get their systems down better is what it looks like
0: oh you mean that seven guys robbing a a house and beating people up isn't a good thing yeah not good pr (laughs) yeah i i agree it seems like Rutgers is always in the news for like something bad it's never anything good that is correct so you gotta fix that hopefully the new regime can uh can turn around a little bit yeah hopefully all right. So, uh, what did you play in sports growing up, or what kind of injuries did you sustain, and what really like got you into, or what made you want to become a, a chiropractor?
1: Um, I did play a lot of sports. I still play sports. Uh, my main sports were ice hockey and lacrosse. I did play freshman football, so I played all contact sports. Okay. I did have injuries. I had you know a lot of different muscle pulls and all that. And with what I know now, I know that I definitely had a few concussions that were not diagnosed. Right. Yeah, we, um, we definitely all have. Anyone
0: uh, who says they haven't had a concussion, they're full of crap. Like, I don't care what sport you played, you have definitely had, had some yeah. sort of concussion.
1: I mean, I definitely remember having a few blackouts momentarily during hockey and football and lacrosse. So now I know there were those were concussions. Right. But I played through them just like everyone else did.
0: So why why did you play through them? And what was, like, the mechanism of injury for those
1: those hits? Uh, it was all head-on hits. Uh, or getting hit, like, with the helmet up, upwards towards your chin. Okay, um, yeah. Definitely hurt. Like
0: uh, Roethlisberger this weekend?
1: Uh, yeah. Did you see that hit? Um, I didn't see it, but I'm imagining it went up just like you're describing it. Yeah, he got, like, crushed in his face, basically. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, I blacked out for a second, but, you know, I thought that's what happens. And then you just keep playing through it. And I was able to play through it. And I really didn't have too many symptoms. Um, Like, I wasn't too light-sensitive or sound-sensitive or anything like that. So I was still able to do what I had to do. But and what kind had of... endorphins going.
0: Right. And what kind of concussion education was available at that point in time? This was uh, Zero. What, zero. Right. I
1: didn't even know it exist, existed, really, right. at that point.
0: Same thing in my situation. Like, it was just at, like, the height of when people started talking right. about concussions. So... Yeah, I didn't really know too much of what was going
1: on. Yeah, and thinking back about it now, because I had most of them in high school, I would say, when I was playing all the sports. Uh, and I was thinking I definitely had concentration issues that I didn't know I had until I kind of got this all corrected. And I was like, oh, I could have been concentrating a lot better. So I could have done better on my like tests and SATs and all that stuff. Right. Did you remember like how long that concentration like lasted for or lack of concentration into chiropractic school and I started to get into all this neurological stuff and I realized like oh I could do something about this so I started doing some exercises and now I'm the best I've ever been I would say
0: you think you're like a hypochondriac or do you think it was really an issue
1: I'm the least hypochondriac person ever yeah I just why do you say that I just, I usually don't worry about that kind of stuff. The only reason I started to worry about it is because, not worry about it, I just became aware of it because right. I started learning other this stuff. I'm like, oh, that's me. Like, I, I could fix this. Right. So that's how I got into that for myself. Um, as far as your question, how I got into chiropractic and all that. Right. Um, I didn't know chiropractic existed even when I was in high school. Literally didn't know it existed. I was just oblivious to it. Um, then when I went to Boston university initially for accounting and finance, that's what I thought I wanted to do with my life. I was just really bored. I'm like, I don't want to sit in the cubicle for the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I was always into health. So I started researching anything health related and I knew I wanted to do something holistic. I didn't want to do no drugs, no surgery. And I wanted to be involved with athletes if I could be in the future. Um, so I just started researching everything in the medical field. And, uh, when I got home for break, I visited a chiropractor and I just liked his philosophy, the whole holistic philosophy. You visited him because you needed some treatment no, on something no, or just because you yeah. wanted to like pick his brain? On... Pick his brain. right? And uh, he sat with me for an hour. And we had an awesome conversation. And that's kind of how it got the ball rolling with everything. Then I transferred to Rutgers after my freshman year at BU, basically. Why? And then I went pre-med exercise science at Rutgers.
0: Okay. But why why did you transfer to just- For the exercise science program or? Um,
1: Because I knew at that point uh, I wanted to be in the medical field. I didn't know exactly 100% I wanted to do chiropractic, but um, I knew it was going to be either physical therapy, occupational therapy, chiropractic possibly. And when I got to Rutgers, I wanted to investigate all those, and that's literally what I did when I got to Rutgers. All
0: right. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. So, can you talk about your role as a board-certified chiropractic
1: neurologist? Right. So, I got very lucky with this when I was in chiropractic school. Um, So, I didn't know chiropractic neurology existed, and most people don't know it exists. No, I never heard of it. And
0: from what my head's been through, I'm sure I could definitely use uh, some work. So,
1: chiropractic neurology, um, or it's called functional neurology also, so when I was going to school, there's a functional neurology club. And I don't know what it was, but my roommate at the time had a friend that was the president of it. And he's like, Oh, just come with me, um, just to see you check it out. President
0: I, of the functional neurology club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> what we do. That's yeah, what, no big, deal, all right. <laughs>
1: um, so I went to check it out and I was like, This this was a whole new world. We we're discussing the brain and how different things you can do affect different parts of the brain. And it was a whole different world and you could treat different things that I didn't think chiropractic could treat and my goal always was even when I was at BU I made a pact to myself that my purpose will be I'm going to do as much as I can learn as 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 much as I can to help someone out without drugs or surgery that was always the goal in the back of my head and this fit even more perfectly I was like wow if I could learn about the brain I could help someone even more because the brain controls everything right So I delve into that and it's a, it's a hard dive because it's, it's a lot of information because you literally have to learn everything about how the brain and the body works. Um, it's a lot of information, but it's very exciting. You could help someone more. Um, it's really cool. So I got to explain to you, right? What chiropractic neurology is. Right. So when you have a concussion, let's say your MRI and CT scan are normal, but yet you still have symptoms. So what do you do at that point? Um, most people, the doctors will say just rest and maybe take some headache pills or something like that, or wear sunglasses because the light is bothering you, and just you hope it gets better. Um, with functional neurology, is you could do an assessment and see which pathways aren't firing right, and based on that, you do different. When you say
0: pathways, like what does that mean for people who are listening?
1: There's a lot of different pathways in the brain, um, a whole ton of them.
0: Right. That controls certain certain parts. Things, right? There's
1: something controls, your know, your left fingers, your left toes. There's some different control, different eye movements, all that stuff. So you do a full body assessment and you see what's going on and you see if there's any dysfunction going on. Not pathology because no pathology was detected on the MRI CT scan. I'm looking for dysfunctional patterns, basically. OK. And when I see those, you have to address them. So you have to stimulate those pathways accordingly to balance the person out when the person starts to become more balanced like they see results fairly quick um, because the brain is more balanced the brain is more balanced you're going to function better and those symptoms should start to decrease
0: right can you give us an example of maybe not obviously the participant or the patient's name but like an example of someone who had a post-concussion syndrome and you were testing their these pathways that you are talking to talking about like trying to stimulate these pathways just so we can kind of like visualize the process. And I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this might be going through post-concussion symptoms, you know, right now. So what can a chiropractor do and kind of take a step by step, like through the, the intake process and the evaluation process. And then just give some examples of
1: how you you guys can help out. Yeah, there's been a ton. Um, So the intake process started off from the beginning. You fill out these neurological assessment forms. Uh, it asks you a lot of questions about every physiological process. It's probably the most in-depth questionnaire you will have entering a doctor's office. Okay. Um, based on that is it give me a lot more information on what's kind of going on already. Um, then when you're in the room with me, I do a full assessment of pretty much everything. Through different muscle testing, eye testing, balance testing, eye reflexes, reflexes in general, uh, sensations. It's basically everything a medical neurologist should be doing, but I am looking at it differently. So it's the same information, the same exam, but I am looking at it differently. Um, So a lot of times you'll find that um, eye movements are not symmetrical how they should be. And eyes are the window to the brain. If you could diagnose the eyes accordingly, you could give specific exercises and you start balancing things out. Right.
0: And most people wouldn't think that a chiropractor would do that. When you no, think, probably. I think chiropractor, I think spine.
1: That's what I think of. Back, yeah. exactly. Right. So did I until I learned all this. <laughs> right. Stuff. Um, so if you see that the person, um, they can't just gaze at your thumb. For example, the most rudimentary thing someone can do is just gaze fixate, basically it's called. And someone can't do that. I have to find mechanisms out that I can work with the person. Everyone is different to have the person gaze fixate. Because if you can't fixate on an object... Everything, you could have blurriness, uh, you can't concentrate, you may even have a headache because of it because you can't fixate on something. So everything is always moving around you and that's not fun. Right. You would have balance issues with that too. Um, so that's the case. You would give different modalities based on what you find the full exam to stimulate certain pathways to start to get gaze fixation going. Um, that's always the basic one. But there's also what if the person can't look well to the right. So every time they track to the right, it becomes blurry. So then you have to find mechanisms to get that going for them. And the mechanisms are through different, maybe head movements, stimulation, um, um, different adjustments. For example, if I adjust your left fingers, that will go to your left cerebellum, right cortical area. Oh, the
0: old right cortical area, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But if you have an issue in that area, that's what I'm going to do to stimulate that area. Okay. Um, If I spin you to the left, that's going to activate also your left cerebellum. If you have an issue there, I'm going to do similar stuff like that. Um, you could do um, simulation with lights in different parts of the eye from different angles and simulate different pathways in the brain. Blinking lights in different f- different fashions you could do. You could do uh, reflex things with the eyes. It all depends on what so the person So complicated, needs. yeah. It's really complicated. And I have to find the appropriate simulation for the person. And the person knows when I find it, they start to feel better, literally, because they feel like, oh, wow, this is going to work. And you could you post check, you know, you do a post check and see did it that pathway get better, and the person knows too, which is always nice.
0: Right. Um, what are the most common symptoms that people come in with
1: that you're able to help them out? The most common symptoms: um, balance, dizziness, concentration, um, brain fog, uh, memory issues. I would say um, light and sound sensitivity too. So all those, those are like the classic, right, classic, classic symptoms, yeah.
0: Do you see mostly athletes that come in, or what's like the demographic of the people that usually come in to see you?
1: Um, with our office, we see we tend to see more athletes, um, but we see the general population too. It doesn't matter. You hit your head, you have uh, brain neurological issues. I see the person, so it's really anyone from kids to much older people. Um, everyone has a brain, right? So you could injure it at any time. So we see, I can see anyone.
0: Right. So. Have you seen anyone who maybe have had like had like head injuries years and years and years ago and then they come back, yes. they come to you now, yes. and now they're, they're able to Those able are to awesome fix them.
1: ones. Those are awesome ones. Um, Can you give
0: us an example of that?
1: Um with uh balance, even with older people. Um so I can't remember their exact age, but they're in the sixties I would say. So they always, um, they always felt off, like they were always leaning to one side, always always like when they're moving, they could never move straight. It was always like they were going left. <laughs> um, so I was able to correct that, and they had that forever. They had vestibular rehab, it's balance rehab, uh, they went to PT and all that, but they never got that done for them, and they always had that issue, for example. So I was able to correct that. Um, another point I would add, so... A lot of stuff I do is based on vestibular rehab that a PT would do, except mine is more tailored to like exactly the person's, it's called physiological lesion or like their dysfunction that I find through my exam. Okay. So it's not a generic set of exercises. It's more, a little more tailored, a little more specific for the person. That's the difference. But that little difference is huge for the person.
0: Right. Because it's more personalized to them, you're saying. So right? yeah. It's not like general population. It's like okay I so for example
1: saying. if you come in and your left bicep is weak what are you gonna to do to the gym you're gonna work out the left bicep more right right you're not gonna do both identical you want to get the left side to match the right side right but i do the same thing brain wise so the right side brain is not working as well as the left side i'm gonna do more exercise for the right side to make it just like the left side okay that's an easier way to look at blowing that. our mind over here
0: <laughs> yeah no pun intended um all right so let me use myself as an example yeah. so I had the second impact syndrome. I had, I've easily had probably 20 concussions in my life, like knowing what I know now. And so I had two bleeds in my brain. My brain was swollen. I had a craniotomy. And now I don't really have any symptoms like headache, you know, memory, any, any, any of that kind of stuff. But I mean, I, I am in the CrossFit and like, my whole left side of my body is, like, super jacked up compared to my right. Like, everything's tighter. My knees are messed up on that side. Do you think that that's any, that, that could have anything to do with
1: my That definitely my can brain? be. Um, I don't know exactly what side your bleed was on. Was it the right side? Yeah, the right side, yeah. So, the right cortical area, the cortex part, uh, controls the left side of the body. So, I wonder if you have a sensation... Um, misperception there or something like that possibly right i have like numbness
0: Um, on my left leg like my left quad like i don't know
1: so it could be as simple as the nerves are just getting pinched uh maybe from the low back the lumbar spine right um it could be a coincidence or it could be brain based i would have to do an exam to see right yeah i'm just curious yeah um it's a possibility i would have to do an exam basically to see that but all right possible
0: okay so in addition to um the neurologic side of uh being or your chiropractic practice. Um, what, what else can a chiropractor do for athletes in terms of, um, injury prevention and
1: rehabilitation? So the way I describe myself is we're like body mechanics. So if you come to us, if you have an injury or you don't have an injury, we check out the alignment of everything, check out the muscle tone and everything should be balanced and symmetric. So if your hips are where they should be, you're going to be better runner. You're gonna have less chance of straining the hamstring or the calf because your hips are even. If they're not even, um, then you have a more chance of straining something because things are off. Um, Then you're gonna keep overusing one side, one side, and ultimately you're gonna break down, right? You're gonna break down, you're gonna have a pull. So, from our end, we just gotta make sure everything is symmetrical as possible for the person. Um, From a neurological standpoint, I also like to look at the eyes to see because we could do reaction times right so if you're a wide receiver for football and you're coming across from left to right your eyes are doing a certain thing so what if that pathway for you is not great i can give you exercises to get it better so then every time you go to cross one side you could catch the ball better right and you if you follow guys in the nfl and college football you will see that certain patterns they are very consistent in catching and other ones are not so much cuz that pathway probably is not good for them that's, that's what i am always saying right at. Because so if they look over their left shoulder, they may not be as good as over their right shoulder. And some of the listeners, they probably know about themselves even, as I do about myself, right. that I'm always more comfortable catching the ball from one side. Um, that's something people, if they start paying attention, to like, oh, that's right, I'm so much better from one side.
0: That's interesting.
1: From uh, I play hockey, from hockey standpoint. like I always like coming down from the right side of the goalie because my eyes are better up to the left. Right. Um, so that's better for me, and I function better that way. So from a performance standpoint, I would do exercises with myself and with patients to get that going too. So now their brain, body, and eyes are all at their best. They're going to perform better. Right. From an injury standpoint, if someone comes in with a pulled calf or hamstring or neck, whatever it is, we do active release technique in the office. That's like um like a functional massage in sense. I don't know if you have ever heard of it. Yeah, um, I've
0: actually had a. I, I work in a physical therapy practice also, so. The ladies I work with are constantly like yeah. pulling and poking and digging yeah. into my muscles. Yeah, yeah
1: it's, it's a pretty painful because we're hitting trigger points. Um, you feel great afterwards. Yeah, but, yeah, it's a functional release of the muscle. Um, and that's why we're able to work with athletes and the pros because of active release technique. Uh, we also do grassing technique, it's that metal tool you really get into muscle. Yeah, I've with. been
0: bruised many a time from that, that yeah. metal uh, device there.
1: Um, and then we also do adjusting, of course. So if the hip is out or the neck or the vertebrae are out, we also do adjustments to set them back into place. Right. So all that, if you're balanced, you're functioning better.
0: Would you say that the
1: majority of athletes out there are not balanced? Um, usually most people are out a little bit outside. Um, it's very, very rare to find someone, even Olympian, um, that's fully balanced. They're just got really good at their patterns, right, but it doesn't mean they're fully balanced. But with those players, um, maybe you don't want to do something right before if you, they've never seen you before, right? And they're used to how they are. Maybe you don't want to switch them up right before performance. Right, so you, you would have to do it over time. Right.
0: So that's um, that makes me think. Like, so from a prevention standpoint, could someone come to a chiropractor? Like, I would think consistency is probably key. Just like with anything, like you can't just come to the chiropractor once and then like magically you're cured. I'm assuming. No, no usually so, not. So could you go to a, a chiropractor to kind of learn, I don't know, like exercises and stuff to
1: kind of consistently do to prevent yeah. injuries? Like- so we give exercises also. So depending on what you have going on, we'll give you specific exercises for that. Um, a lot of times it's the foam rolling that you hear about, yep. different stretching, uh, different functional movements. Um, stuff like that. So it depends on the person. But, yeah, we will give you stuff to do at home. And if you do that stuff at home, you don't have to see us as much usually. And if you're really in tune with your body, you will know when you start to feel off and you need us. That's usually right. how that works. And the really high athletes usually know they're when that is. They're in tune with their bodies, so right? they're using it every day, so they know when they're starting to yeah, feel a little off. bit off.
0: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, is there any... Is there anything that you commonly see that's, like, um, some sort of imbalance that is, like, directly correlated to a certain type of injury, like an ACL? Or uh, is there any, like, research on that? Or um,
1: uh, Everyone is different. The, right. It, it depends. No, because it could be a traumatic injury with ACL. Like, from impact. Yeah, not yeah, necessarily, and that's what like, that, a, That's what that usually is. Um, what I will say is, from a concussion standpoint, again... <laughs> Uh, let's say you had a concussion and it wasn't diagnosed and you're still playing on a little bit of a brain that's not the greatest. The brain controls muscle tone. I've done that before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Uh, actually, many times. Um, so when the brain's not functioning 100%, that means your reflexes and your proprioception, your feeling, your body's awareness, so where it's right. in space and all that, is not 100%. So guess what? You're more prone then to do something traumatic. Other yourself.
0: musculoskeleton yeah. injuries. Yeah, um,
1: right. you could then... Uh, turn wrong a little bit, and that pulls, you know, that tears your ACL. Right. That, but that's theoretical in nature. But I could see how that happens a lot.
0: Right. So that that actually makes sense because I, what I try to like get across in this, like, I have nothing against people playing sports. Obviously, or even playing football. Like, I almost died playing football. But if I could go back and do it all over again, I would. I would just tell someone when my head hurt. But kind of like with my story is like I didn't wake up that day thinking I was never gonna play again. And because I played with a concussion, I that was the end of my career. I'd never played again. So had I sat out a few games, like that, you know, I probably I might have been able to still play at least like a few more games in my senior year, so I don't know if I could have played in college or not. Yeah. But when you say that, it's not even just like playing with a concussion, like you're gonna what happened to me is very rare with the second impact syndrome, but it's all it's usually fatal. But like you said, if your proprioceptions off and you're more prone to musculoskeleton injuries, oh, yeah. that's even more reason to sit out when you have a concussion and say something when, when there's go- wrong with your reason. brain. That is more reason. Right. That's a good way of more awareness. Now. Did you see that uh, – you heard that Ben Roethlisberger, like, took himself out of the game because he had, like – his peripheral vision was messed up after the hit.
1: Yeah, I, I heard about it on talk radio. I didn't see it though or anything Yeah, like
0: that. I thought that was awesome because he's like a tough dude. Like he's always getting beat up and playing through injuries, but it's awesome to see that someone of his caliber and his yeah. like people that people think that he's tough, they actually like take himself yeah. out of a game no, for
1: that is great. Cause the kids watching that, hopefully they'll see and they're like, Oh, I could take myself out of my feeling symptoms. No, that was a really good move by him.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about like, what you see the the future of
1: chiropractic medicine i don't know if i'm saying this right i don't know how to some people say chiropractic medicine we don't prescribe medicine at all but it's really just chiropractic all right that's chiropractic
0: all right so what do you see a chiropractor's role in the future being for injury prevention and treatment like
1: where are the trends going is there anything new that's so, coming out as of now i think every nfl team has a chiropractor. Um, I think, uh, most NHL teams, MLB, NBA have a chiropractor somehow on staff. Okay. Um, even MLS, the soccer league. Um, so that's trending the right way, I would say. Um, because again, we're body mechanics. (laughs) So to do adjustments and the muscle stuff together, and I do the neurology stuff too, that's the best for an athlete. So we're getting more integrated. So that's good. Um, actually just yesterday, the Senate passed a bill that, um, the VA hospitals, okay, they're gonna. Uh, it's gonna be mandatory that most of them have a chiropractor on staff by 2017, I believe. Um, so that's gonna be another huge thing because the the vets and you know the guys in the army and the marines and all that stuff to go over there, they have obviously brain trauma, right? Um, and so this is incorporated well, and they probably, they obviously have musculoskeletal issues also from all the heavy gear and. all Yeah, that. I don't know so. if you
0: checked out last week's episode. But I actually interviewed uh, a marine. His name his name is Chianti Story. And he's a below-the-knee amputee, uh-huh. but he also had a traumatic brain injury from the IED that yeah. blew yeah. up. Um, so, yeah, yeah that's so we're interesting more in- yeah, that you said that. So what kind of stuff can a chiropractor do in addition to the neurologic stuff for people with pros- prosthetics? And I'm sure there's a lot of imbalance
1: there naturally, saying. right? Yeah, like- to be adjusting where necessary, right, to make them more in alignment and muscle work where necessary too. Because most chiropractors don't do this neurological aspect. There's only about 800 of us in the world. Oh, (laughs) wow. it's not that many. Is it because it's
0: like a new thing? It's
1: not a new thing. It's been around since the early 1990s with the advent of the functional MRI where they were able to see what certain brain pathways pathways are firing and yeah. Um, So a
0: a functional MRI is like a, it's an image of your brain, but it shows like the connections that are being made and if any connections like are no longer there, I guess, or like not firing the right way.
1: Yeah. And it looks in a lot of pathology too, and they'll see tumors and all that stuff. I'll
0: put a picture of one of them in the, the post that I make for this episode. So you can, you can see, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So that that that's how this chiropractic neurology came into be with Dr. Carrick. He was the one that put all this information together. He basically took medical neurological, uh, neurology research and, uh, he put it all together and he's, we're looking at it from different aspect through functional neurology. It's called, um, So that's how, you know, that has all evolved. So like I said, there's not that many because it's very hard to get certified. It is a lot of hours of training. It's very hard to pass the testing. (laughs) It's very intensive. So you're part of an elite group. All right. It's fairly elite. Um, Hopefully there's more of us actually because more people need us. Is
0: there like a higher concentration of um, neurologic chiropractors
1: like in a certain area? So Uh, In the U.S. by far has the most. Okay. uh, There's some. It's like
0: East Coast, West Coast or?
1: Uh, Actually, um, I would say maybe the New York City area, Chicago area, um, California area, and I'd say Atlanta, Dallas. So I guess we're everywhere in a sense. Kind of pretty even distributed in the Minus middle
0: America, I guess. Yeah yeah
1: a little bit in chicago there's a little bit of yeah us i'm just trying to give people an
0: idea of like where they could look if they're experiencing there's, these kind of issues there's
1: a few in canada there's a few in australia there's a few uh, in europe as well that i know maybe some a few in south africa possibly at this point
0: have you ever worked with any um like adaptive athletes who have prosthetics or you know they were born with a deformation of a of a limb
1: i actually i have not but there's something be easily to work on that that would not be an issue right but i personally have not
0: i only asked because i have i interview some of those athletes like on my podcast and i was just curious yeah. like some might some listeners Does might it, be have that issue yeah. they
1: have issues like everyone else so you yeah. can easily treat them that's not an issue at all right. we just i guess i never personally have at this point
0: oh, i'm just curious so, all right um is there any misconceptions that chiropractors get that you want to kind of Talk about. Uh, do we have time for all that? There's so many. Yeah. So yeah, um, name a few. Yeah.
1: Um, you have to see a chiropractor for life. Um, that's a good one. So basically, since we are living and life has its stresses, you know, physical stress from let's say working out a lot or sitting all the time. Right. Emotional stress. Um, chemical stress from the toxic foods and all that stuff. So it's a metabolic stress load on you. Um, that's gonna affect your body. So. As How, what can
0: a chiropractor do for? The toxin stuff that you're, you're talking so about. So the
1: toxin stuff, we actually haven't addressed this, but uh, because I do all the neurological stuff, I had to learn everything about the gut. Um, the 75% of the immune system about is in the gut. Okay. So um, if your gut is compromised, your brain's going to be compromised because they work 24-7 back and forth. So I actually do uh, something that's called functional medicine also, and I had to learn that knowing the brain stuff. Right. So I do a lot of metabolic stuff, blood work things, supplements also. Um, to get the gut working as best as possible because basically um, you know if you're nervous right your stomach you start to feel the butterflies and all that right. stuff right that's how you know brain and gut are connected right that yeah okay yeah. Um, yeah yeah
0: i'm trying to make this like also like an athlete's performance outlet too so if you can give any like like you're doing right now any kind of like tips of like
1: yeah. That, so again, from a performance standpoint and all that stuff, I do blood work testing to see if people are reacting to foods and all that stuff. It's food sensitivity testing, not allergy, because if you have an allergy like celiac, you know it because you have major symptoms. Right. I'm um, talking about sensitivity. Spend testing. a lot of
0: time in the bathroom. Yeah. So it's
1: <laughs> the sensitivity testing. You're still having immune mediated response, so your body is reacting to that certain food. So if it is, you have a cortisol release and reaction, that's not good because you don't want chronic cortisol levels because that's catabolic, meaning that it breaks you break body down, down right. and you don't want that. Um, so I do testing to see is a person reacting to or sensitive to foods like the whole gluten thing you hear about, different grains, dairy, corn, soy, literally every food I could test for. So I do blood work for that. And a lot of times with concussive patients and uh, traumatic brain injuries, you have to test for that too. Because a lot of times they have gut issues also. Um, and if you know anyone with gut issues, uh, IBS, Crohn's, all that stuff, usually there's a brain component to it also. Because, again, it goes 24-7. They work together. Right. So it's usually a compromise in one. There's one another. So I do that stuff also. It's a lot of things to do.
0: Yeah, out. I was going to say, I'm like... <laughs> It's, it's way more than I like. Ever I thought
1: said of- uh, my purpose in my life was like I want to be as holistic and know everything about how to help someone holistic- right. holistically, even know drugs or surgery. So that's how I know about all of this stuff, and that's why I do all this stuff. That's
0: awesome, yeah. Um, can, well, obviously, without saying the
1: patient's name,
0: what's like your ultimate success story that you're like you did you helped this patient? You're like, all right, this is exactly why I, I chose to be a chiropractor. Can you give
1: us like an example or? uh the the quickest one top of my head. It was just a normal guy um hit his head really hard uh getting out of a scene in the airplane and his head on the top thing there oh the little uh the, the compartment. overhead compartment yeah just yeah. had really hard uh developed symptoms right away um you know came into the office with sunglasses on um, um actually with sunglasses on and uh, headphones on because yes, he was so yeah. sound sensitive Auditor, light or, yeah. sensitive. Um, so I did my exam, um, which was hard to do because of all the issues. And, um, I was able to pinpoint some things. I gave him exercises right there and then to do. And right away, everything decreased. And he was already has been, he went to all these medical neurologists, had all this testing done and they're like, you're fine. You know, we can't find anything for you. Right. So he was pretty happy with that and took a few sessions and I gave him home exercises. And like next time I saw him, he was about 50% better. Which is insane because he literally couldn't live, and he was a high uh, like Wall Street guy. Okay. So he's you know works all the time, and he couldn't work obviously or anything like that. So he was very pleased. So that was a good story. Uh, that was a really quick one, quick turnaround. Yeah, that's awesome. He was very happy.
0: I'm sure. Yeah. Um. What about any other injuries Bro, like musculoskeletal? I was, I was actually
1: going to say that musculoskeletal wise, um, I had a pro athlete contact me, um, last season, um. And he was in a bit of pain. Um, I couldn't stand up, literally. And he was just beginning to play more. It was a, it was a hockey player. All
0: right, I was gonna ask you what and, sport.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it was an NHL player. And so um, he started. He got more minutes now. He's playing more minutes, and um, he's very happy about it. And he wanted to stay there. Um, so I got contacted to um, to go over there, basically to his place, because was a game the next day. So, he went from, you know, he couldn't stand up, tie his shoes to, you know, he could do that after the session through just musculoskeletal work, you know, the basic stuff we do with chiropractic. Right. Um, and he played the next night. He had a goal and two assists. Uh, oh, no big happy.
0: deal. Did he beat a shout-out? He pointed to the camera when he scored?
1: Uh, that was funny. He actually got interviewed after the game. He was the player of the game. Oh, okay. And I was like, you don't give me a shout-out for that? I was yeah, like, it's on. messed up, dude. I'm like, you weren't even going to play today. <laughs> um, and he got a nice contract at uh, the end of the year, too. So, uh <laughs> <laughs> he that didn't throw you old. any of that
0: money any uh no christmas gift
1: no, no i got tickets to the game though i was at the game okay that's good. cool all right um so that was a really fun story because i'm a hockey player so that was right that was a lot of fun for me for is sure.
0: hockey your favorite sport
1: yeah by far by far
0: why yeah. is it your favorite
1: uh it just combines everything uh speed intensity hitting uh the scoring the creativity um even the fighting it keeps like itself in check i like all of it
0: what do you think about fighting and in, in terms of head injuries
1: um, in terms of head injuries is the worst thing, you know, it's terrible, obviously. Right. Um, I know there's a
0: lot of controversy over that, like a few years ago. It's like, how can you, you know, say that you're trying to improve concussion, you know, management in hockey and still allow fighting? Cause obviously that's like, there's a direct, like, you yeah. can't tell me that getting punched in the face isn't going to affect your brain. No,
1: obviously it will. Um, yeah. and they should be someone seeing someone like me to make sure everything's okay. Um, but, uh. It's a self-policing sport, so meaning that you know the goon um, can go over, can go after the the best player in another team. Right. So they're, they're, it's police by itself. So the if the guy does do that, he knows there's gonna be repercussions. Yeah, there's a consequence. So I think that's cool because that's kind of I don't know, just it's I, entertainment. Yeah, it's entertainment, but it's like it's a team, such a team aspect. Then you know everyone's for each other. You just right, really it got, feel it that's very backs. passionate. Yeah, and like everyone likes to see that in the sense. Right. So I'm still. For it, even though I know there's TBI and all that stuff involved right. with it.
0: Yeah, I remember, this reminds me of a story that when I was at Rutgers, actually, it was like a public speaking class that I was in. But there was this one girl who was like a huge Devils fan, like literally wore a Devils jersey every single day. It's intense. Yeah, I'd say. But she did a project, I think she did one of her speeches on that, on that same exact argument of like, she's thought that you should keep Fighting in hockey because of this, this, and I forget her reasoning. But obviously, I was all freaking fired up about that, so I like just gave it to her. I was like, "No, like you're,
1: yeah." Um, a brain injury is the worst injury, pretty much you can have, right? So I totally understand that side, and I see it, you know, all the time. Yeah, it's something that you know the the person chooses to do it, right? They know, you know, with everything that's out there, now they know what exactly. Yeah, into. I
0: think that's the thing. Now it's like. You can't be a professional athlete and not know the risk. Whereas maybe 10 years ago, you might not have, you know, you probably didn't know it was great for you, but you didn't know it was probably, it could like kill you at some point. Um, But yeah, I guess.
1: And Speaking of which, I just thought of this. um, The biggest high profile case of this whole neurology thing we're talking about was with Sidney Crosby. This is how it actually a little bit went mainstream. So Sidney Crosby was out for a year and a half with a vestibular concussion. Right, he
0: was like the MVP of the he's, NHL. He, yeah, yeah he was the best player time. in the world, yeah. literally. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so he got hit with an elbow in the head uh, when he wasn't looking during a game, and he was out. You know, uh, he didn't have balance. He had his, you know, his eye and balance systems weren't working. So he saw the best medical neurologist, you know, that he could find, obviously. And he's still out for, uh, I think he was out for a year and a little bit more. And then he saw Dr. Carrick, who's the father of functional neurology, at Life University, actually, my alma mater chiropractic school in Atlanta, Georgia. So that's where Sidney Crosby went. And this was actually on ESPN and it was all over TSN in Canada and all that stuff.
0: I'll try to find some links to that, too, that I could post in the They They exist somewhere. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, there you'll see they show what uh, some of the things Dr. Carrick did with Sidney Crosby. And guess what? He started playing, right? And he's still playing. Right. And Crosby actually sustained a second concussion when he got back. Um, Again, he went down to see Dr. Carrick. They rehabbed him again. And right now he's been symptom-free, I think, for over a year now. Yeah,
0: I haven't heard anything about him and concussions in a while, so...
1: Um, so that, that was pretty cool. High profile case high profile. So since then, um, a lot of NHL players, NFL players or retired players have been going down to their center in Atlanta. There's one in Dallas now that that's all they do is this rehab.
0: Right. I'm surprised that not more chiropractors have gone into the neurologic side because it's such like a buzzword these days, especially in sports. I'm like, it's almost like, why you said it's like not easy to do. That's part, it's part of the not easy but... to do.
1: Um, it's time and, uh, it's time and it's, you know, it takes a lot of time to learn all that. You have to yeah. a lot of time out of your work day to do all that stuff. Um, but now there are definitely a lot more of us getting into it because of the hype of it.
0: Right. All right. Yeah. Um, we're coming up on time, but where can people find you at, and what group do you work for? And
1: So I work at Advanced Performance and Rehabilitation Center. We're in Short Hills, New Jersey. Um, it's 532 Old Short Hills Road here in Short Hills. Um, the phone number to the office, if people want to reach us, uh, 973-467-9011. Our website is www.aprcnj.com. Um, you could get more information about me in the office from there. You could always call if you need a consultation or anything like that. That's easy to do. Um, that's how you could find us, yeah. All
0: right. Um, all right, sounds good. Um, I'll link all this stuff up. Do you have like an Instagram or anything like that? Um, I don't or do you have, not want people I don't, to follow you?
1: <laughs> I, I don't have an active Instagram. I don't use it. Don't okay. It, but I don't use it. So. All right, just just checking. Yeah. Um, all
0: right, thanks so much, Mike, for all your input. And I know the listeners are going to love this, and hopefully they could, you know, take your advice and maybe go see a chiropractor and maybe it might resolve their symptoms that they've had for years. You yeah. Know? It
1: could be pretty cool.
0: So yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, um, thank you for having me. All right. No problem. Thanks, Mike. If you've been suffering from post-concussion symptoms and you want to work with a board certified neurologic chiropractor like Mike, visit the American Chiropractic Neurology Board website at www.acnb.org backslash doctorlocatoraspx This link will also be in the show notes on headsandtails.org backslash 14 for episode 14 of the Heads and Tails podcast. Just in case amnesia is one of your post-concussion symptoms and you forgot to donate to Chianti's stories, GoFundMe, you can find the link at headsandtails.org backslash Kianti. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. I'll see you next week.